BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. And now a word from a very extra special brand partner, Chloe Wine. For the last two years, I've had the pleasure of working with Chloe Wine Collection to raise a glass to hardworking women everywhere. Renee, I'm cheersing you right now just because you are on my mind. I am toasting to you and all the amazing women in my life who inspire me and help me do what I love to do every single day. Chloe Wine Collection is a female-led wine brand dedicated to celebrating women's stories and inspiring meaningful moments. Curated from the world's renowned wine-growing regions and wrapped in an iconic bow, Chloe wines are both elegant and sophisticated. They are crafted for wine enthusiasts who appreciate all things extraordinary and timeless. And with 10 elegant and delicious varietals from the refreshing Pinot Grigio to a super velvety and delicious Pinot Noir and a celebratory Prosecco Rosé, there's really something for every occasion. Chloe Wine Collection is also perfect for entertaining at home, treating yourself to a moment of self-care, unwinding, taking a bubble bath, having a glass of wine or that Prosecco Rosé sounds so good right now, even though it's 11 o'clock in the morning, or sending a thoughtful gift to someone you love. From friends and mentors to sisters, teachers, and beyond, mothers, especially this week, Chloe Wine Collection makes it easy to celebrate the women who inspire us. With their complimentary custom label service, you can actually, this is so cool, you guys, elevate any bottle of wine into a personalized gift. Simply go online to chloewinecollection.com and choose your wine, craft your message, and get your custom labels shipped to you for free. How cute cute is that? Visit chloewinecollection.com to order your own Chloe wine or learn more about the brand's commitment to celebrating women's stories. That's chloewinecollection.com. C-H-L-O-E winecollection.com. And now back to our conversation. Hey guys, I'm Whitney Port and this is With Wit. A lot of you may know me from reality TV, and the reality is a lot's happened since the hills. With Wit is dedicated to having real, raw, and occasionally ridiculous conversations with the people who have had a profound impact on me. Life-changing moments, life-changing people. Because on With Wit, very little is off limits. Hi, everyone. Welcome to With Wit. Today, I am sharing a conversation with someone you are going to love. 
Renee Ogaki is the founder of Ogaki, the first digital PR agency of its kind. We work together. She helps with all my social strategy for my Instagram account, as well as Cozy Co's PR and influencer strategy and social strategy. Recognizing the need for a PR agency designed to navigate today's digital world, they are entirely focused on the online space and built for digital first brands and personalities. Renee has over a decade of experience in media relations, influencer marketing, and social media strategy. She started working in the digital space before Instagram had even launched, creating an extremely strong foundation of experience and building a brand's voice and community online. Throughout her career, Renee has worked with pioneering brands across the beauty, fashion, hospitality, and lifestyle space, including Four Seasons, Diptyque, Charlotte Tilbury, Bulgari Hotels, New Balance, The Salon at Bergdorf Goodman, Todd Snyder, Spring Place, and Legence, among so many others. We talked all about how she got to where she is, how she stays so productive, organized, and on top of it tips for getting into the industry, whether it be traditional PR or social or influencer marketing. She talks about how happiness is a choice and her perspective on her work and her life and all about how we work together, how she and her team develop my social media strategy and how we have worked together to launch the personality and brand that is Cozy Co. So here is Renee. I'm so excited to be chatting with you because I work actually very, very closely with Renee. Ogaki is my digital PR and strategy team for my own channel, Whitney Eve Port. And then they are also now doing all of that for Cozy Co. as well. So Renee founded Ogaki and it's an amazing, amazing agency that I'm excited to teach you guys about for all of you who are interested in this kind of career path because I know so so many of you are. And I thought it would just be interesting to start on your career path and really like what you went to school for and how you got started and just like the trajectory of your career. Because I mean, I think a lot of people will be relieved to hear that it wasn't as linear and that you kind of like hopped around and yeah. So Let's hear like how you got started in all of it. (laughs) Absolutely. So I grew up in Columbus, Ohio. So definitely not a big city or anything like that. And I really had no idea what I wanted to do, but I knew I wanted to move to a big city. So I went to NYU for college and I was kind of torn between either being a music major because I played piano and the flute and the drums and my mom was a piano teacher. So I thought maybe I wanted to do music. But I also loved fashion and I was like, oh, maybe I want to go into journalism and be a fashion editor. So I was very, very confused when I went to college. I didn't know what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And in my confusion, I ended up becoming a communications major. So I decided to take a bunch of different internships. I had an internship every single year that I was in college and I figured that would help me sort out what I wanted to do. So My sophomore year, I interned in the PR department at St. Laurent. And then I also interned at Condé Nast. So I got to work across PR and social media for a few of their magazines like Vogue and GQ. And I really, really fell in love with working in digital PR and social media when I was at Condé. 
this was pre-Instagram. So I was helping with like writing tweets and Facebook captions. And I also at the same time had started a fashion blog with a lot of my best friends, Rebecca. So through the blog, I started meeting some like incredible influencers. I was also doing social media con day. And I realized that my passion was very much in the digital space. And that was what I wanted to do. So it was very much more through my internships versus going to school that I realized my kind of career path and the trajectory that I wanted to go after. Mm-hmm. So after college, I was really lucky. I ended up working at several different PR agencies in New York. So I worked in digital PR, I worked in influencer, I worked in social, and I had the opportunity to work with amazing brands. So I worked with like Four Seasons and Diptyque and Charlotte Tilbury and New Balance mm-hmm. and so many other brands. And it was just like such a great experience. So in my very last role before starting Ogaki, I was uh, VP of digital at this agency called HL Group in New York. So I was able to launch their first ever influencer division, which was a really exciting process to go through. And I was also overseeing their social media division. And after going through that experience of getting to build a team of my own and starting this whole new division within an agency, I decided I really wanted to take the plunge and go off on my own. So I started as a solo consultant in 2019. And then that pretty quickly grew into Ogaki. Yeah. Oh my God. You just made so many years of experience and life changes like into two minutes. <laughs> um, like immediately after you started talking about being a musician and all the instruments you played and like having to switch paths, I like wanted to stop you right there and talk about that just because like I think that that really shapes someone and you are just so good at pivoting and making it look like very seamless and easy. And I want to talk about what that transition was like for you in college, like to grow up doing something your whole life and thinking that you're going to do it. And then all of a sudden you're in this new place in this new city and have your life completely go in another direction. Like, did your parents support it? What was that like for you? Yeah. I mean, I was lucky. My parents definitely supported it. They really just wanted me to find something that I loved and do something that I loved. I mean, my mom, of course, wanted me to go into music because that was her background and that was her passion. But she also Mm -hmm. knew that I was kind of going to go off and find what I wanted to do. So I feel like, you know, when you're growing up, you always want to do what your parents want you to do a little bit and you aspire to be them. So I feel like that's a lot of where my passion in music came from. But Mm -hmm. I think about this a lot too, because when you play a bunch of different instruments, I also did ballet growing up. So I had like a lot of different activities and I feel like I was always taught to multitask and do a lot of different things at once. And my parents Mm -hmm. always threw me into every activity that I thought I might be interested in and encouraged me to do everything. So I had like ballet classes, jazz classes, tap classes, piano, flute, the drums, like everything to do with school. I did journalism in in, in high school as well. So I mean, like just doing all of those different things at once really taught me to multitask and to pursue a lot of different things at once. And I really think that helped me the most in my career because when you work in PR, you really, really have to multitask. You have to juggle a lot of different things at once, especially when you go through the agency route versus working in-house at a brand, which is obviously a very different type of PR experience. Mm -hmm. I feel Mm -hmm. like, you know, at one point, I think I worked on 12 different brands when I was at one agency. And I think that would have been really tough. Yeah. If I didn't realize how to multitask and how to think about a lot of different things at once. So yeah, I think it all kind of culminated together, but I definitely really didn't know what I wanted to do until I went to college. And I think having that real life experience in internships is so, so helpful. Um, yeah, and figuring out what you want to do because it's one thing to take a class 
on PR and write a press release for a pretend brand. And it's another thing to actually work somewhere, even if you're just grabbing someone coffee or you're sitting in on a meeting and you're really just taking notes. I feel like just soaking in that experience was really, really helpful for me in figuring out what I was interested in. Definitely. Definitely. I always think that the experience is the most important thing. And you can definitely like school is amazing. And like, I would love to go back to school. And there are so many things that I, that I feel like I, I missed out on, but I think that it's so important to have that real life experience because nothing, nothing prepares you as well as that does. But it's interesting that you and Lisette are both dancers because there's something that comes with that kind of rigorous training and that kind of mindset and like your level of multitasking and organization and how much you can get done. Like, I just want to talk about that for a second, because if you have any tips for us of how you do it, please. Like I... I cannot tell you guys the level of detail that Ogaki pays to everything. Like no matter what little post I have or what little project or what idea I have, whatever response I get back is always like a two page report. And I just want to know how you're doing it. And like any tips you have for the person that maybe didn't necessarily grow up as like scheduled and on top of it and motivated as you are. Yeah. And you mentioned Lisette. She is our partner and president at Rogaki. She's amazing. But honestly, I feel like she's a great example of someone who's very, very different from me. But the way we work together makes it seamless. She's very much more the creative side of things. Like she understands how to make something look beautiful. Like what's a one of a kind activation we can do. And I'm a little bit more on the analytical side and I can look at, you know, how can we put together the right messaging for something? How can we really think through the analytics and like what your audience might be responding to and how we can build that into a strategy moving forward? So we definitely approach things very differently. But at the end of the day, I think in terms of multitasking, it's all about processes. So we try to set up as many processes as we can within Ogaki. And it's still something to this day that I'm working on. But it's like, you really want to make a step-by-step for everything, right? So if you're thinking through a strategy, what is every single thing that you need to check off that to-do list to make sure that the strategy covers everything that you need to do? Or even something as simple as like sending out a calendar invite. Did you like look at every single little piece of the calendar invite? Like when we're training a coordinator or someone entry level that's coming in, we try to build processes for everything. And I think that really helps with multitasking because I think the hardest thing to do when you're trying to juggle a lot of different things at once is making sure you check off every single box and check off every single detail of something. Mm-hmm. Even with like emails, sometimes I'll just have certain emails kind of set aside for myself that I'll then go in and edit for something. Like if I know I'm always going to send a monthly report or I'm always going to send a call agenda, we'll have templates for those things so that we can pull that up and edit them as we're moving forward. Okay. And I think that's super helpful because it takes out some of the the issues that could come up as you're going through a day. You might just forget a little tiny detail, but if you're going and looking at a document and you have a template or you have a process that's written out for you, it's really hard to mess it up because you know all of those different things that you have to look at. When you started Ogaki, what was your mission? And like, what is the trajectory of the company? Like, where do you see it headed? Yeah, so I really started Ogaki because I saw a white space in the PR industry. I didn't feel like there was a true digital first PR agency. I've obviously worked at a lot of different agencies in New York, which all have incredible reputations and incredible client rosters. 
but I was always brought in as the digital expert to really educate teams and clients on the digital space and build out a digital team within a larger agency. So with Ogaki, I really wanted to bring together a team of people who all really understood the digital landscape and create an agency that leads with digital. We also have a tagline, which is a good influence, and we really strive to, to live and breathe that every day. So in terms of a work environment, we want to build something where everyone really loves coming to work every day. We love working together. I think work is such a big part of all of our lives, and it's, it's so important to love what you do. Mm-hmm. So that's been a key component for me in building Ogaki. And the same goes for our clients. Like We want to be a good influence to a small business and helping them grow or working with someone like you who really supports so many incredible causes and is able to make a difference through a mission-based brand like Cozy Co. Mm -hmm. So I think being a good influence in life and in work is incredibly important to me when building a business. I think in terms of the trajectory of Ogaki, it's really just continuing to build. We have three different services that we work across social media, influencer marketing and digital PR. Yeah, that's what I wanted to get into because I think since what you're doing is kind of like what your agency is doing is a new way to look at like digital public relations representation. It's just a lot of words and I want to like simplify it, you know? So like, obviously we know public relations is like getting the word out about your product, your brand, like it's booking articles, getting your product featured in, in editorials. So then in terms of like digital PR, explain what that is and then the subcategories within that. Yeah. So in terms of traditional PR, especially when it comes to the fashion industry, it's very different from digital PR. So let's just talk about fashion PR for a second. Yeah. So traditionally, when you think about fashion PR, it's a lot of what we call sample trafficking. So what brands used to do, especially when I was interning back in the day in college, there's a lot of focus on sending pieces of clothing. So it's what we call samples, which are built before the actual collections come out a few months later. And you send them to magazines. So you might send them to Vogue magazine. They do an editorial shoot. They shoot the pieces, whether it's on a model or it's for you know more of like a well product story. And then they send it back to the brand. And that's how you get coverage on fashion brands specifically. And that was a really big part of fashion PR when I was growing up. But Mm -hmm. I think that's become less and less important in the digital age because now we're working a lot more with digital publications. So it might be the Vogue.com or a Refinery29 or a Birdie. Is that also because the opportunity for the brand is so much larger online because there's actually an opportunity to click to purchase as opposed to when you got a feature in Vogue, it was amazing, obviously. And it was more for like the reputation and for exposure of the line, but it didn't necessarily always translate directly into sales. It maybe was more like a long-term approach to reaching the market. 100%. And I feel like it's really hard to know what happens with a magazine placement. You don't really know how many people picked up and read that page. You don't really know the impact of it. Mm -hmm. I think that was really important for brand awareness back in the day. But now how many people are picking up a magazine and reading it unless they're like at the nail salon or maybe they picked it up at the airport. Where we really focus is digital PR. And that's really where all of our proactive efforts go into. And digital publications work really differently with brands than a magazine might because a lot of them don't need to shoot original content. So we're providing images to them. They don't need to spend the time shooting them. They're really spending the time writing a piece. Mm-hmm. So our relationships with editors and the, the lead time also of working with online publications is a lot shorter. 
So we can just share information about a brand, send some images and get a story out sometimes even within 24 hours. So it's a lot faster of a process. And like we were saying, it's a lot easier to track the ROI of our digital placements because some of our clients even give us direct access into their Google Analytics. We can tap in and see how a placement is really performing for a client. And that really helps us refine our strategy as we move forward too, because we can see how a placement is doing on Soap.com versus Refinery29 versus Allure.com and then figure out how we want to refine that strategy moving forward and what publications are really moving the needle for our clients because every brand is a little bit different. Yeah. I mean, and I think that is, it's really so important and it may sound so basic, but it's something that I wasn't doing before for so many years. I was putting so much out there, but I wasn't taking the time to actually see how it was performing or what people were liking. And I think that was like sort of ignorant of me, a little bit naive. And it wasn't really until I met you that I realized like how important that was and that it's more of a relationship that you're building than just like sharing your your authenticity. Like there's so much more to it. And it's it's more of a business, which is interesting for me. Like I I love, like I have an entrepreneurial spirit. And so I love looking at it in a way of like, how can we grow this into something larger than just like a social media account? 100%. I think that's so important. That's really, I feel like where we come in. And I feel like from the beginning, we really treated you in terms of your personal channels as a brand and looking at, okay, if you were actually a brand, how would we kind of refine your strategy? How would we optimize things? What kind of best practices would we put in place? And I feel like that's been so helpful in terms of our working relationship and figuring out what that strategy needs to look like moving forward and how we can work together. But Mm -hmm. yeah, in terms of social, we really love doing those social media strategies. A lot of times, this is something we did with you too, we'll put together a playbook where we really dive into like what has actually worked for you in the past versus what hasn't. What is your audience not really excited about seeing from you versus what do they want to see more of? So we'll really dive into that back end and that history of what's worked and what's not. And that helps us figure out what those content pillars need to be moving forward. Mm-hmm. So we'll usually pick like four or five different pillars that we know we need to hit every single month. Mm-hmm. So And explain the pillars. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so pillars are really how we refine our social strategy. And it really just helps us figure out how to put together a content calendar and what we need to focus on. So based on what we see from your audience, or it's a brand new launch, maybe we're looking at some of your brand competitors and what they're doing and what's kind of working for them. We'll pull some of those insights as well as trends that are happening across the social media space. And then we'll figure out what kind of components need to go into your content calendar every single month. What are those different types of messaging and content buckets that we need to hit every single month? So it might be for you something like maybe we have a family bucket, Maybe there's a beauty and fashion bucket because we know that your audience really loves seeing that type of content from you. So there'll be an overarching you know, content bucket that we know we always want to hit. And then there's yeah. always those trends or holidays or moments that we know we want to tap into every month, um, mm-hmm. whether it's as broad as mental health awareness or if it's Mother's Day, things like that, just making sure we're incorporating that into the strategy. So Renee and, and Lisette and I actually met previously just through PR, just through me, like being an influencer and wearing your brands and, and working with you. And I just really adored you guys. I felt like I could just feel how hard you worked. Like 
how committed you were, how organized you were, how on top of it you were, how like you just weren't going to let something slip aside and just how much thought you put into something. And I knew for me, I was missing that level of organizational strategy and that level of someone really looking deep into who I was and who my follower was and figuring out how to create the most engaging content possible, you know, because I really wanted to commit to this. Like I was realizing something was working, but I really wanted to commit to it. And I really wanted to take it seriously. And I could, I knew that I couldn't do it all on my own. I want to talk a little bit about just like the depth of our strategy and how it's been working with me. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I feel like when we first came in, we honestly felt so bad for you and Annie on your team because I feel like you were both struggling so hard. You felt like you had to be posting something every second of the day. And I feel like you were also using Instagram as a way to cross promote everything else that's going on in your life. And there's so yeah. many different things that so it was like with Way and YouTube and like any brand partnerships and everything that was going on and just trying to schedule all of that in and get as much out as you could. We were like, we don't know how she's been doing all of this for so long. Like, I felt like there was so much content that you felt, you know, kind of pressured to put up every day. Mm -hmm. So I feel like the first thing we did when we came in is we tried to streamline that down a little bit into a calendar that really made sense and a calendar that was actually feasible. So we tried to look at, you know, how can we cut down on some of the cross promotions, like particularly for YouTube, because I felt like you were doing that. I think maybe it was like two or three times a week at that point. Mm -hmm. And we like called that down a little bit. And it's mm -hmm. been called down even further since when we first started looking at, you know, the with wit post and if that was something that had to go up every single week and what kind of content would support it. And then to really just trying to bring in as much organic content as we could. I felt mm -hmm. like from everything we looked at with your audience, they were really wanting to see more of that organic content and getting a glimpse into your life and what you stand for and what you were excited about. So definitely the first thing that we came in to do was try to organize your calendar a little bit and try to call it down to what was really important and what really needed to go up that week mm -hmm. and try to make some space for some of those organic moments that your audience was excited about. Right. From there, it was just coming up with creative ways to share content. We did the whole playbook thing with you too. We figured out what those content pillars need to look like. And then we create like mini strategies around different things like mental health awareness or different moments that we know you want to tap into and you want to talk about. And then every month we go in and we pull reports too of what's really working and what's not. So even within our own content, you know, we're like, okay, at first we were working with a photographer, Vincent, and he was shooting a little bit more like glossy camera photos. And we realized those weren't performing as well with your audience. So we then focused a little bit more on like the iPhone content and something that feels much more natural. So making mm -hmm. tweaks like that as we went and looking at what was working, what wasn't. And we mm -hmm. go in and do that every single month so that we're constantly refining that strategy. Now you're doing the PR and social strategy and influencer relations for Cozy Co. So how do you approach the personality versus like the clothing line? Like what are the various goals? Yeah. So I think it's obviously very different kind of working for you and figuring out what you need to share with your personal channels versus coming from a brand and sharing a brand voice. But at the same time, because you are kind of the inspiration and the person behind the brand, there was a lot of learnings that we were able to pull from working with you and your channels and bringing that over to Cozico. Mm -hmm. So I feel like there's a lot of kind of synergy between working across the two channels, especially on socials, because you cross promote Cozico could go cross promotes you. There's a lot of that kind of back and forth between the two channels. So I think mm -hmm. that's been really interesting. 
But from a communication standpoint, I mean, we don't do PR or influencer for you. So that's been very different from a brand and kind of crafting that messaging. I think that's really been the biggest difference is we had to kind of come in and really break down how do we want to position this brand? What are those core tenants of the brand that we really want to share with editors and influencers? And how do we share that in a really easy to digest way? That's obviously not something that we really had to think through with you. Mm-hmm. So I think that was really the first thing was us coming coming in and understanding what the brand stands for, where you want to go with it, what are those like specific adjectives that we want to bring out, and then kind of sharing that back with press as well as influencers. Um, so setting that messaging was really, really key. But I think otherwise, from a social perspective, it's kind of similar to working with you in that we kind of had to come in, be involved in the brand from the very early stages, help create that content, whether it was for a website shoot or a lifestyle shoot with you, figuring out what their shot lists need to look like, what are the things that we needed for social, whether it was for your channel or for Cozy Co, and making sure we were getting through all of those different shots that we needed and figuring out the direction of the social channels as well and what we wanted that to look like. So from that perspective, it was somewhat similar. I want to talk a little bit about like advice or tips that you can share with everybody on how how you use this data for Cozy Co for a clothing line to inform its next move. You know, like obviously we've only been doing this. We just launched Cozy Co like almost two weeks ago now. But like for someone that is selling a product and wants to get more exposure, like how will you use the data from this month to help next month's trajectory? I mean, it's an interesting question. We've gone through several brand launches now, which is really, really helpful. And I Mm -hmm. feel like the number one thing when you're first launching a brand is to test because Mm -hmm. you shouldn't really go in with any preconceived notions of what's going to work and what's not, because I think your audience is going to dictate a lot of that for you. Mm -hmm. And it's going to take several months of testing because in your first month, you're probably going to have a much smaller audience than you will a few months down the line or even six months down the line. Mm -hmm. So I really encourage as much testing as possible. For example, like video content doesn't do that amazing on your personal channels, but it's something we really want to test with Cozy Co because Mm -hmm. we feel like from a brand perspective, videos usually do well. So we want to make sure that we're tapping into video content as well as images. Also, I feel like you were talking about this a little bit earlier, but thinking through a month's worth of content is a lot easier than trying to just throw something up every single day on the web. Because then you can think about, okay, I want some inspiration imagery so that people understand you know, what the brand stands for, the aesthetic, kind of bringing some of that in, especially at the beginning. You, know, you want to incorporate some lifestyle imagery versus e-com imagery. How do you balance that out? And then if you want to talk about different things, like for example, with CozyCo, we know sustainability is a really important message point. So how do we tie that in throughout the month? So mm-hmm. I think it's a lot easier if you can plan out at least two weeks, if not a month of content, that's going to be a lot easier for someone who's first trying to delve into the social media strategy for a brand. That's a really good idea. That's a really good idea. And I think the last thing I would recommend, if you can, I think incorporating influencer content into your social media strategy is so key. So if you're able to gift a few influencers, start building relationships and figure out how that's going to tie into your social strategy, it's just really helpful for people to see how different people might style the clothes, you know, how it might look on different people. So I think bringing in that component of influencer content is really, really important. 
what about just like follower content? Like I saw today, which is interesting because when I had my last collection, well, when I did Whitney Eve, there was no social media. So no one could tag me in anything. And then when I did Rent the Runway, so many people would tag me in the stuff. And now I'm seeing everyone's tagging Cozy Co in the post. And so I don't get to see it until you post it. I guess I could log into Cozy Co if I really wanted to. But it's so for me, and I'm sure for you too, working behind the scenes of a brand, it's just like the most fulfilling thing to see other people in it and how they style it and bringing your vision, like your baby to life. You know, it's so cool. I love that. Yeah, no, we always celebrate in the office whenever we see someone wearing a piece and we'll kind of like slack it to each other and be like, look how amazing this looks. So yeah, love, love, love consumer content. We call it UGC. We love that content. And yeah, it's really just seeing someone just like you wearing the clothes and you're like, okay, I understand how that's going to look on my body or my body type. And I think that's so helpful. Yeah. And I think that it, it just makes it, I don't know, it makes it such like a community brand, you know, it's like really just all about how we all feel our best and how we all feel our coziest and sharing it. Do you have any recommendations for anybody just wanting to get into whether it's like traditional PR or social influencer marketing? Like what are some key ways they can get their foot in the door? Yeah, 100% intern. Also love what you do. I feel like we all wake up and live and breathe the industry. We're on social media 24-7. We're reading 24-7. So I feel like you really have to love what you do if you want to get into PR or social or influencers because it's going to be such a big part of your life. And also read. Read every single day. I wake up and I read WWD. I'm reading a variety of different articles on like social media today. I am on Instagram all the time, kind of looking at what different people are doing. And I think that'll get you so far if you understand what the trends are and what different brands are doing and what's happening in the industry. So I'm really curious to know this. What are some of the biggest trends happening right now in the industry, like in social media? So this is a trend across social beauty and fashion that I'm seeing everywhere. But nostalgia is having a huge comeback, which is really exciting for me because I feel like it's all about the 90s and the early 2000s. So we're seeing like the old phones on Instagram in terms of some of those like Instagram templates that you see on apps like Canva or Unfold. And we're also seeing like, random throwback collaborations like Lizzie McGuire collaboration with Fuller Pop. Like that was a really interesting new beauty collaboration that I was super excited about. Audio-based social media platforms are like the new thing. So Clubhouse is all audio-based. It's something that a lot of people are talking about and tapping into now. And now LinkedIn and Twitter and Facebook are all developing specifically audio-based social platforms, which I think is so interesting because it's not really something that's existed before other than podcasts like this, which is obviously audio-based, but it's not really something I personally thought about as a social media platform because I feel like it's usually so visual. I'm just so appreciative of every second, every ounce of energy, like all that you pour into everything I do because now you truly are like taking my vision and creating a voice and like an actual physical life for it out in the world. And I'm just so grateful for everything that you do. You guys are the best. Well, we love working with you and we love working with Annie. You guys are truly the best team. We (laughs) like always talk about this. Like it's such a joy coming to work every day and getting to chat with you guys. And we're like, is this work? This is amazing. Oh my God. Good. Oh, that makes me so happy. How can everybody find you and any of the brands that you're representing right now? 
Yeah, absolutely. So our Instagram handle is at Ogaki Digital. We have a website, the same, it's ogakidigital.com and all of our contact information's on there. Um, in terms of our brands, they really span fashion, beauty, travel, sustainability, and lifestyle. We obviously work with you and Cozy Co. Um, but we also have several jewelry clients. So one of them is Rellery, which is an ethical jewelry line that we absolutely so love cute. working with. They're yeah. so cute. Yeah, you got a little anklet to wear in one of your Cozy Co. shoots. They're amazing. Yeah. Um, we also recently started working with Fife, which is Jillian Dempsey's beauty app. She's a makeup artist. She's incredible. Listeria News, you had your honeymoon there, right? We didn't have our honeymoon, but we went there six months after Sunny was born. The best of all time. You're so lucky. I mean, hopefully you'll get to go there soon. I know. I've been waiting. I was supposed to go last year. So hopefully this year, but it's a beautiful hotel in Positano. They're an amazing client of ours. So special. Yeah. And then You Beauty is also a new client of ours. It's Tina Craig's skincare line. So we're really excited about working with her too. Thank you so much for doing this with me and for taking all this time. Talk soon. Thank you. All right. Bye. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you loved this episode. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. I'd love to hear what you think and anything more or even less you'd want to hear about. Tune in every Tuesday for a new episode. If you want to know more about what I'm up to, you can find me on Instagram at Whitney E. Port, my website, WhitneyPort.com, and my YouTube channel, Whitney Port. Peace in the streets.